Hey, my name is Pastor Israel, and Grandma's away, as you heard. It's your first, second, third time. We're really happy to have you here. Welcome to Highlands. And I'm kind of new to the staff here, and I just want to uh, thank God for that. I'm having like three-quarter times in, in Santa Maria as far as the, the church that I'm pastoring there, and then I'm partnering with you a quarter of my time. And uh, so please, if, you, if there's something that uh, you should uh, let me know about, about small groups, that's what I'm going to be focusing on, partnering with Jill, who's doing an excellent job. And I, we, I just am so impressed with all the things that she does. I, I was finding out all the things that all the staff do. They wear many different hats. They need this big hat rack, all the hats that they wear. And uh, it's, just, it's just a really wonderful uh, staff to be a part of, and I'm, and I'm very honored to do that. And if you want to keep your, your uh, pastors healthy, send them away once in a while and support that. And so we're really happy that Graham's away and being with family, and it's good to be with you. We're wrapping up a series called Spring Planting, as you know, and Graham has spoken about wisdom, and he also spoke about understanding. And that clip that we just saw of Gifted Hands, the movie is called Gifted Hands. How many of you have seen that movie? Yeah, about as many as last service, like three hand, three, four hand. And don't all just rush that red box today, okay? Because there's going to be like a fight, Highlands people fighting with each other at Walmart or whatever. But really, really take a look at it uh, because it is an amazing movie. It's one of those movies that comes along that's deep and clean. And uh, you could watch it with your kids, grandkids. Uh, and it's just a wonderful movie. It Ta- talks about uh, a real true story about uh, overcoming a lot of adversity and how this, this young man, who is really one of the premier surgeons in the world, neurosurgeon, uh, his story. And so you want to check that out. Graham was talking about wisdom and understanding. Today we're looking at discernment. And they really go together, don't they? You, you can't just take one out and expect to be good at the others. They're, they're like cousins. You've got to take the whole family. It's like when you get married. Got to take the whole family. Gotta, you got to take them all. They all show up at the wedding. And, that, and that's really the best way to understand what you're marrying when you, everyone comes out, right? What am I getting into? But today, today, we're looking at discernment. I've been asking people left and right, what is discernment? What does it mean when someone really gets it, when they have a discerning heart, a discerning spirit? How can you distinguish between someone who, they're not really good in discernment, and someone that is? How do you know the difference? It's pretty, it might be it's pretty obvious to everyone around them, but not necessarily the person that you're looking at. You know what I mean? You ever notice that? That people that really lack discernment, they're probably not open to a lot of opinions or open to hearing from a lot of people. And Paul has this prayer in mind for you and for me, and especially for the church in Philippi. He's writing from prison again. Paul is always writing from prison. Why? Because he was so faithful in the gospel that he, didn't, he knew what it would cost him, and it was okay. And this is his prayer, right out, of the, right out of the box. He's in prison. He says this, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. And he describes how love abounds more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. Say with me, what is best? 
All right, let's, let's say it like we actually want to say it now, and we're forced. What is best? Ooh, now we're getting there. So that you may be able to discern what is best. So that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Notice that the whole purpose of the prayer is to glorify God. And you glorify God when your love abounds, when it grows, when it gets stronger. And the way it gets stronger is through knowledge and depth of insight. That word depth of insight is really discernment. It's discernment. That your love would grow stronger, would abound through knowledge and discernment. And what is discernment? According to Paul, to know what is best. And so that at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you're going to look more like Jesus Christ than you did when you first began. You're going to look more Christ-like. Paul said, when I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, when I became an adult, I put away childish things. What is a child? A child is uh, someone that demands his or her own way. (laughs) You know what I mean? They really, they get, they really, really get what they want at that moment. Everything else kind of just is in the darkness. A child is, needs a lot of help. Nothing wrong with that. I have four kids. I'm very well aware of what it is to care for a child. Do you? Do you have kids? I think, I think God gives us children to remind us how we need to grow from be staying in that childish-like behavior. Jesus says, become childlike. Paul says, I put away childish things. That's what love is. Love is growing in knowledge and discernment. How do you know if you are a discerning person? How do you grow in that gift? And Graham has said very clearly, and which agrees with the scripture, that wisdom is a gift from God. That knowledge is actually the commanding of the facts. It's someone that understands all the data. Very perceptive on the observing certain things and, and taking it all in. But that is really just the beginning, isn't it? That it must be applied. It must be developed. It, it must be contextualized. It, you have to know how to act in this context and in this context. That when you go to a funeral, you don't act like you're at a wedding. <laughs> and vice versa. Now, sometimes we act like, okay, no, let's not go there. But we really need to know how to act in different ways. And here's, here's what I want to, to look at is Paul's prayer more more. More fully, that your love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, I'm blown away by this for a, couple, for a few reasons. Number one, if I was the one writing from jail, I would not be writing that their love would, be, would abound. I would be writing, help me. Send me some money. Get me some bail money, okay? Get me out of here. That's my prayer. No, no, Paul's prayer is, is this, that your love would abound. Imagine that Graham went to jail. For preaching the gospel, okay? Not for another reason. <clears throat> Can you imagine receiving a letter from your pastor? He's in jail for preaching the good news. Maybe he goes overseas, and I'm not suggesting that he does this, okay? But he goes overseas, preaches the gospel. He's apprehended. He's arrested. 
He's persecuted. As he's being persecuted, he writes you a letter to Highlands. And says, this is my prayer, that your love would abound in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best. I bet you you're going to pay attention to that prayer. I bet you you would. Just like the Philippians did. Here's this man in, in chains. He wrote the letter with chains on him in the darkness. And says, I want your love to abound. Now, why, why, what's all this talk about love? I thought we were talking about wisdom. I thought we were talking about understanding. I thought we were talking about discernment, that you know, I can just be this super spiritual person and just know everything. If, if I just read the Bible 15 times, I, I'm gonna be this super Christian. You know what? You'll be probably better way on your way if you did that, but this is the point. Jesus said, the reason why it's called Maundy Thursday it's because Mandi means commandment. How many of you grew up in homes that spoke any Spanish? Okay, the same amount of people as gifted hands. Okay. Like two. I grew up in a Spanish-speaking home. My, my mother was born and raised in Mexico. And when my mother called me, Israel, or Israel, if like we wanted to just sound like everybody else, Israel, and I would say, Mande. To this day, you hear Spanish-speaking people say that. What they're saying is command me. Command me. Mandeme. I'm here at your service. You want to score some points? You just say, mande. Big time points. Yeah, I like that. Big time. <laughs> commandment Thursday or, or here, Monday, Wednesday. What, what is that commandment all about? In the, in the Latin, it's mandatum novum, which means new commandment. And that's what Jesus said. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you. Paul says, I want your love to abound. I want your love to abound. In knowledge, that is in knowing Christ. What is knowledge? Knowledge is not just memorizing all the facts, getting an A on the test, regurgitating all the information back. No, it is not just memorization. It is not just internalization. It is application. It is knowing God, knowing his word, hearing be able to distinguish his voice from all the other voices that want to speak into our lives. Knowing his voice. And may I suggest to you that many times God speaks through the word of God, through the people that you're not listening to. <laughs> God speaks many, many times through my wife. <laughs> and I'm expecting this angel to show up. What should I do? Lord Jesus, help me. And she comes, and you know, you really got to do this or that. And I'm like, she comes, don't stop. I'm praying. I really... No, no, no. We think Jesus comes this way only, but he, he comes this way, you know, to the people we overlook. My kids, we need truth tellers. We need people who are brave enough to tell us the truth. Dad, your attitude is horrible when mom's gone. <laughs> I had to apologize to my, to my daughter. True story, it just happened. I said, Dad, they told, my, they told my wife, they told on me. You ever have kids that tell on you? All right. And I, I gave a promise. I said, you know, I'm going to work on that. I get stressed out too easily. 
when the captain's not here. <laughs> but here we are, talking about discernment. Talking about discernment. That your love would abound. Now, I'm blown away by this, not only because he's, he's writing from, from, from jail, but he, and not only because he wants to focus on the love, the strength of your love, but that it actually grows in knowledge and discernment. I never thought of it like that. I thought you just grow in love, uh, you know, just in your feelings toward God or really tapping into his love for you. And that's all well in there. We need that. Have you ever noticed that love develops? Of course you have. As it's when you, when you, uh, if you're married here and your love when you first started going together and your love now, I bet, I bet if I was to interview a lot of different couples, you, know, you can always tell who's dating, right? At the restaurant. <laughs> yes, they're all, they're all over each other, you know. Under the table, over the table, and they're just looking into each other's eyes. You can always tell who's married like 10 years later. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case. That's not your marriage. That's not your marriage. You can always tell who's been married a long time. But there's something okay about that distance because there's an intimacy. You don't have to flaunt all your stuff in, front, in public. There's an intimacy and a connection and a depth that you know that person more than ever. I think marriages grows from puppy love, right? Puppy love, where you're really in tune with how that person meets your needs. Wow. You know, you just, you really look good. And that looks good to me, you know. You, you really do something for me. And then later on, you, your, your love develops from a puppy love that just is looking to see how you are fulfilled and you grow into a commitment where even if my own needs are not met, even if you cross me the wrong way, I'm going to meet your needs. That's marriage. That's discernment. That's love growing stronger and stronger. That, I, that marriage was, I like, I like how one author said, he said, what if God did not design marriage to make you happy, but to make you holy? Think about that. What if God designed marriage not to make you happy, but to make you holy? That is more Christ-like, to mature. See, I think many of us get into marriage for the wrong reasons. And we're, we, we, but that's, that's not marriage talk today. I don't know why I'm talking about marriage so much. But guess what? We need discernment. We need to grow in love, don't we? We need truth tellers. We need to discern what is best. Let me just make this one point. Let me make this one point. Many times we think that if we avoid the worst decisions in our lives, that we're okay. That if we shun absolute evil, or if we just stay away from the perverse, I mean the utter perverse things in this life, that we are making it, that we're doing it. But I think... And Paul gets at it. He says that your love would abound and that you'd be able to discern what is best. He didn't say what's worst. He said what's best. I think many times we get it wrong. We think if we just avoid the worst, we're okay. Paul says no. Love abounds so that your discernment grows strong so you can see what's best. I think we settle for the good. 
I think we settle for doing a lot of good things and really don't take the time to find out what's best. I think you could be living the good life, living in a uh, gated community, nothing wrong with that, uh, eating all the right foods and, and taking care of your own needs and still miss it. We can still miss it because we're not opening ourselves in prayer to the truth tellers around us what is best. Have you ever, you ever been to Home Depot? Uh, I got a great response on that. Okay. <laughs> Home Depot is a place where you do it yourself, right? Right? And that's not Christianity. That is not Christianity. It's not the do it yourself. Okay? And years ago, I think they've changed a little bit, but you really, it was do it yourself as soon as you walk in the door because you didn't get any help. Maybe they just understand. You just, okay, I'm by myself here. Okay, I need help. But I look at things that I have no intention of buying. You ever do that? I was looking at water heaters for like 20 minutes. I don't need a water heater, but they just captured my attention. Like, wow, look at that. And at Home Depot, it shows you, it ranks things, doesn't, don't they? Good, better, best. And I noticed that the price kind of escalates each time. Yeah, yeah. But I really like that big, shiny one. And then there's another one, the tankless water heater. Oh, I'm just salivating. Look at that. Look at that. I wish life was like that. I, I wish that as I made decisions for me as a, as a person, me as a family man, me as a, as a minister of the gospel, that I would always know what is a good, a better, and the best decision. Isn't that what we want when we're, when we're dating? Wouldn't it be wonderful if God just presented you the per- This is a good guy. It's a good person right here. It's better, but it's the best right here. Yeah, I'll take the shiny one right there. I like that. I'll take that one. Thank you, Jesus. We think if we can avoid the, the, the worst. I, I always wonder, how come they don't have the worst option? That'd be hilarious. Huh? This is the worst thing you could buy right here. I bet you people would be like, oh, this is on sale right here. I'm going to take this. Yeah. <laughs> The, the good is the enemy of the best. See, we could be living our lives doing a lot of good things and still miss out what's best. And discernment says, not just what's right and wrong, and you grow through the knowledge in the scriptures, but what is best? I think the, some of the wisest people are those that don't have a lot of letters after their name necessarily. People that have gotten their degree and in the school of life. Have you noticed that? I'm going to share this one story. I'm going to end with this. Because it has to be said. How do you grow in discernment? I'm not giving a lot of how-tos. I'm not giving you ten principles on how to discern. I don't think those really work. Um, they may work at times. And even if I was to give you ten principles, you'd write them down right now. And then they'd be in your car. You know, I know how that works. Oh, where are those ten principles? I need to make a decision right now. You know. <laughs> Here's, here's, here's the one thing you need to leave with. That discernment is, is not simply God buzzing you with the answer personally. Discernment, there's, there's this idea how community is, is really the agent that God brings to, bring, to give you discernment. Let me give you a story. My, my mother, as I said, was born and raised in Mexico. 
and, and very, very difficult life, very difficult life. And I'm not going to get into all that, but she basically had like a fifth, sixth grade education. And uh, she just had to work um, and to help out, even though she was the, the, one of the younger ones. And she, she worked and she, she um, met my father. My father pursued her. She was actually engaged to somebody else. I'm, gl- I'm glad my mother's not here because I'm just basically sharing her whole life story right now. <laughs> okay? Um, and she was actually engaged to some guy in Alaska because he, you know, he was a, a, a military guy. And my father found out, and she, that, he actually bumped into her, uh, got introduced and bumped into her later in the street. And as she was walking to send a picture of herself to the guy in Alaska, she's on her way to the post office. He sees her. He says, oh, can I see that? And he says, wow, that's a great picture. He ran. He took off with the picture. She was really mad. There she was, my mom, chasing after this guy. And they really didn't know each other. And he finally said, if you give me a date, I'll give it to you. If you let me just take you out one time. She said, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. She says, okay. So the first time, he went and picked her up at a neutral place, because her mom didn't know about this. (coughs) Discernment. She was, her mom wasn't ready for the truth. You know what I mean? So she stood him up. And he says, oh, okay, you got me. Okay, you got me. Called her. Let's do it again. She stood him up again. Third time, she went. She says, okay, this guy got some persistence here. She went. They're married. He was in the army. Long story short, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of rush into it. She said, I want you to... After they were married, he got out of the service. I want you to get an education. Because we're always going to struggle if you don't. I want a home. I want to be able to to take care of my kids. I want to stay home. But you're going to have to go to school. He says, how are we going to do that? How can I go to school full time and work full time? She says, I will work. And then you go to school. He laughed in her face. No woman of mine is going to be working for me. And uh, she says, you know, you need to think about that. He told his friend, can you believe this? Told his friend. You know, his friend said, you're a fool. (laughs) (laughs) She's the one making sense. If you don't want her to work for you, let her work for you now. Work together. He agreed. He graduated University of Texas, El Paso, electrical engineering. Yeah. No one in his family ever graduated, barely from high school. No one from college, as long as they can look back, broke the cycle. His father was an alcoholic, a gambler, a womanizer. He did everything wrong, left his, never married his mother, left her for his high school sweetheart. Now I'm really getting into my whole, this is me, my whole story. Hey, this is my life. All right. How much time do I have? All right, two minutes. So guess what? Discernment. Where was I? <laughs> Where was I? <clears throat> he, gets, he gets two job offers, San Jose and Port Wainimi. She had two sisters in the Southern California area, so they chose Port Wainimi. 
And that's why I grew up where I grew up. You ever realize where you grew up is because your parents made decisions or your grandparents made decisions? It's funny how we think we're so responsible for where we are. (laughs) If you look into your story, you realize there's been a lot of decisions made, some good, some bad. And we need to ask God to break any cycles that aren't good. And I'm going to wrap this up really quickly. Everything was going so well. They got their first home. They were so happy, their first home. They bought their second home. They kind of did an upgrade by the beach. He died. I was four years old. Four years old. My brother was uh, about nine. Two boys. My mom had a sixth grade education. My, My dad paid all the bills. She said, look, I'll take care of the inside of the house. You take care of the outside. He said, oh, I can do that. He fixed the cars. He fixed up cars, sold them. He cut the lawn. He'd walk around the neighborhood and look at everybody else's lawn and come back to his lawn and says, my lawn's still the best. Uh, I'm doing really well. Kind of a prideful kind of a man. Had a lot of pride, good pride. But he died. We were celebrating his birthday at the beach. And he was surfing. He never surfed before. And that beach was known for riptides. No lifeguard. He had no idea what a riptide was. He died a week later in the hospital. My mom... Barely could speak any English. Sixth grade education. She was, she was always troubled by the verse in scripture that said that if you honor your father, father and mother, you will live a long life. My father honored, never spoke an ill word against his father. Supported his mother and he died young. He was 32 years old. And she said, how can this happen? You know what she did? She got, her a, she got her GED, she got an AA, she went to Ventura College, she, she got a job as a drug and alcohol counselor. To this day, almost 30 years of doing that, she's helped countless people. And she put us through private school, Christian school, she never sold a house. The neighbors, the neighbors, the first after they heard the news that my father died, I don't know if they were Christians or not, they pulled together their money and paid the next month's mortgage for her. God providing, God providing. Now, she remarried, and she vowed that she would never, ever get remarried. Three years later, she was remarried, and she put God to the test. God, if this is what you want me to do, by the way, she met him at Ventura College, okay? He's Filipino. and that makes, He was Filipino, nothing against Filipinos, by the way, okay? I, I love Filipino food, Filipino people, I love it all. But she's saying, how is this going to work? Different culture? He's younger than me? How can I be married to another man? How can he, what my boys? She put God to the test. Discernment. She asked God, how do I know what to do? She said this, God, if my pastor says yes, if my sisters who are right here say yes, and if my boys say yes, I'll do it. And she was hoping that someone would say no. (laughs) Not because she didn't love him. But she knew how difficult it would be, right? We all said yes. He's He's a wonderful man. Wonderful, wonderful man. I'm out of time, but I'm going to just say this. Discernment is not just you and God. It's, are you listening to the truth that people are telling you? Do you know what's best? Do you want what's best? Are you settling for the good? Let's pray. Lord, there's probably things that we're, we're not knowing, we're not doing, we're settling We have to understand, Lord, that it's not the worst that's necessarily the 
the enemy of the best. It's many times we just get caught up in doing the same things. There's nothing wrong with him. But Lord, we pray, and I pray, as Paul prayed, that our love would abound in knowledge and discernment so that we would glorify you in all that we do. I pray that you would bless this gathering of people wherever they are in their journey with you. Bless them, guide them, give them wisdom, protect them. May they abound in love. May they abound in love. May they grow. Bless them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.